GCSE Science Audio, Atomic Structure and History of the Atom by kscience.com. An atom is the basic building block of all substances. An atom consists of protons and neutrons in a central nucleus, with electrons in the shells surrounding the nucleus. The relative mass of a proton is 1, neutron is 1 and electron is 1 1836. The relative charge of a proton is plus 1, electron is minus 1 and neutron is 0. The mass of an atom is concentrated in the nucleus of the atom as this is where protons and neutrons are found. In between the electrons is empty space. The lowest energy level is closest to the nucleus and the highest energy level is furthest away from the nucleus. If there are more electrons than protons, the atom is negatively charged. If there are less electrons than protons, the atom is positively charged. If there are an unequal number of protons and electrons, the atom is charged. The mass number is the number of protons and neutrons. The atomic number is the number of protons, equal to the number of electrons. The number of neutrons equals the mass number, atomic number. Isotopes are different atoms of the same element, which have the same number of protons and a different number of neutrons. All elements have the same number of protons, however if their atoms have a different number of neutrons, then they are isotopes. Carbon-14 and carbon-12 are isotopes as they both have six protons, but carbon-14 has eight neutrons and carbon-12 has six neutrons. Relative atomic mass describes the average mass of all the isotopes. Dalton described atoms as being tiny, hard spheres which are indestructible. In 1897, J.J. Thomson conducted his cathode ray tube experiment which proved the presence of electrons in atoms. He used this to produce the plum pudding model which described atoms as being a sphere of positive charge which have electrons embedded throughout. Rutherford expected to see the dense positively charged alpha particles to go straight through the cloud of positive charge. But most of the particles went straight through, some were deflected in different directions and 1 in 8,000 alpha particles were deflected straight back. The positively charged alpha particles repelled the positive nuclei when they got close, so were deflected in different directions. If the alpha particle got very close to the positive nuclei straight on, it would deflect straight back. This meant the atom must have been made up of mainly empty space and had a very small dense central point where all the mass was located. Boer heated different atoms and noticed different atoms released different amounts of light energy. When the atoms absorbed heat energy, the electrons were excited to higher levels. The electrons would then fall back down to their lower energy level, releasing light energy equal to the amount they absorbed. Boer suggested electrons must be orbiting the nucleus in fixed energy levels, shells, at fixed distances from the nucleus. Mosley fired high-energy electrons at different elements. This caused X-rays to be released. Different amounts of X-rays were released depending on the size of the atomic number. The more protons there were, the more X-rays were released. The amount of X-rays given off were proportional to the atomic number of whatever element it was. For every increase in proton, there was a direct increase in X-rays given off. Mosley concluded the atomic number was equal to the number of protons an atom had in its nucleus. GCSE Chemistry Audio, Development of the Periodic Table by kscience.com
The periodic table contains elements. The modern periodic table is arranged in order of increasing atomic number. Metals are found to the left of the stepped line and non-metals are found to the right of the stepped line. A group is a vertical column and tells you how many electrons are in the outer shell of that element. A period is a horizontal row and tells you how many shells an element has. The central section of the periodic table is called the transition metals. The rule for writing electronic configurations is 2.8.8. A group is a vertical column and tells you how many electrons are in the outer shell of that element. A period is a horizontal row and tells you how many shells an element has. The first shell is always filled first and can hold a maximum of two electrons. The first shell is the closest shell to the nucleus and is also known as the lowest energy level. The second shell can hold up to eight electrons. The third shell can hold up to eight electrons. Dalton ordered his list of elements in order of increasing atomic weights, masses. Newlands designed his periodic table using the law of octaves, which stated every eighth element reacted similarly. Newlands' periodic table was not accepted as there were more than one element in a box. No gaps were left for undiscovered elements. Metals and non-metals were mixed up in the same groups. Elements with different chemical properties were in the same groups. In Mendeleev's periodic table of 1869, he put the elements in order of increasing atomic weight, mass. Mendeleev swapped elements so they were in groups with the same chemical properties as other elements. Mendeleev left gaps for undiscovered elements. Mendeleev used the periodic table to correctly predict the properties of the undiscovered elements. His table did not include the noble gases as they had not been discovered yet. GCSE Science Audio, Ionic Bonding by KScience.com Atoms are stable when they have a full outer shell of electrons. The noble gases exist as single atoms with no gases because they have a full outer shell of electrons. If an atom has a full outer shell of electrons, it does not need to form a chemical bond with any other atoms. The first three noble gases are helium, neon and argon. Their atoms have no overall charge because they have the same number of protons and electrons which cancel each other out. An ion is an atom that has lost or gained electrons to become charged. When an atom loses electrons it becomes a positively charged ion. A positively charged ion is called a cation. Cations are always metals as only metal atoms have one, two or three electrons in their outer shells, so will lose these electrons to have a full outer shell. Cations are positively charged because they have more protons than electrons. Their electronic structure slash configuration will be like a noble gas as they will have a full outer shell. Group 1 metals always form 1 plus ions, group 2 metals always form 2 plus ions and group 3 metals always form 3 plus ions. When an atom gains electrons it becomes a negatively charged ion. A negatively charged ion is called an anion. Anions are always non-metals as only non-metal atoms always need to gain one two or three electrons in their outer shells to have a full outer shell of electrons. Anions are negatively charged because they have more electrons than protons. Their electronic structure slash configuration will be like a noble gas as they will have a full outer shell. 
Group 7 nonmetals always form 1 ions, Group 6 nonmetals always form 2 ions, and Group 5 nonmetals always form 3 ions. An ionic bond is the electrostatic force of attraction between oppositely charged ions. Ionic bonds form between metal and nonmetal ions. Cations are always positively charged, and anions are always negatively charged. Cations form when an atom loses electrons. Anions form when an atom gains electrons. A lithium atom loses one electron to become a Li plus cation. A fluorine atom gains that one electron from lithium to become F anion. An ionic bond forms between the lithium and fluoride ions. An ionic bond is the electrostatic force of attraction between oppositely charged ions. A calcium atom loses two electrons to become a Ca2 plus cation. Two chlorine atoms gain one electron each to become Cl anions. An ionic bond forms between the one calcium cation and two chloride anions. An ionic bond is the electrostatic force of attraction between oppositely charged ions. An ionic compound is a substance made of ions held together by strong ionic bonds which are electrostatic forces of attraction between oppositely charged ions. Ionic compounds have a giant ionic lattice structure. They consist of billions of ions closely packed together in a regular, repeating arrangement. The strong electrostatic forces of attraction keep the ions in place, so they vibrate in a fixed position. Ionic compounds always have an overall neutral charge. This means ionic compounds have a charge of zero. It is just the ions which make up the compound which are charged. Metals are always positively charged, and nonmetals are always negatively charged. In an ionic compound the overall charge of the oppositely charged ions must cancel each other out to equal zero. An ionic compound is a substance made of ions held together by strong ionic bonds which are electrostatic forces of attraction between oppositely charged ions. Ionic compounds have a giant ionic lattice structure. The electrostatic forces keeping the ions in a fixed position are very strong, therefore a lot of energy is needed to break slash overcome these forces. This means the melting and boiling points of ionic substances are high. An ionic compound is a substance made of ions held together by strong ionic bonds which are electrostatic forces of attraction between oppositely charged ions. The electrostatic forces keeping the ions in a fixed position are very strong, so ions in a solid ionic compound are not free to move. For a substance to conduct electricity it must contain charged particles and they must be free to move. Therefore, as ions are charged, the ionic compound must be molten or aqueous to conduct electricity. If electrodes connected to a power pack are inserted into a molten or aqueous ionic compound, an ammeter will show an electric current and or a bulb will light up showing an electric current is flowing. An ionic compound is a substance made of ions held together by strong ionic bonds which are electrostatic forces of attraction between oppositely charged ions. The electrostatic forces keeping the ions in a fixed position are very strong, so ions in a solid ionic compound are not free to move. Solid ionic compounds cannot conduct electricity as the ions are not free to move. For a substance to conduct electricity it must contain charged particles and they must be free to move. Therefore, as ions are charged, the ionic compound must be molten or aqueous to conduct electricity. 
An ionic compound is a substance made of ions held together by strong ionic bonds which are electrostatic forces of attraction between oppositely charged ions. The electrostatic forces keeping the ions in a fixed position are very strong, therefore a lot of energy is needed to break slash overcome these forces. The higher charges of the ions for example Mg2 plus compared to Na plus, the stronger the electrostatic force of attraction between the oppositely charged ions. This means more energy will be needed to break slash overcome these forces, so the melting and boiling points of ionic compounds with ions containing higher charges will be higher. GCSE Chemistry Audio, Covalent Bonding by KScience.com A covalent bond is the shared pair of electrons between non-metal atoms. Non-metal atoms are found to the right of the stepped line in the periodic table. Non-metal atoms share their outer electrons to have a full outer shell of electrons forming stable molecules. Molecules have a neutral charge as their atoms have the same number of protons and electrons which cancel each other out. A covalent bond is the shared pair of electrons between non-metal atoms. Non-metal atoms are found to the right of the stepped line in the periodic table. Non-metal atoms share their outer electrons to have a full outer shell of electrons forming stable molecules. Molecules have a neutral charge as their atoms have the same number of protons and electrons which cancel each other out. Covalent bonds are strong because there is a strong electrostatic force of attraction between the positive protons in the nucleus and the shared pair of negative electrons, which requires a lot of energy to break. A molecule is a distinct group of atoms bonded by covalent bonds. Molecules have a simple molecular structure. Molecules have weak intermolecular forces between them. Carbon dioxide and nitrogen are examples of simple molecules as they are distinct molecules made of atoms bonded by covalent bonds. Molecules are only made of atoms, they are not made of ions. Ionic compounds are made of ions. A molecule is a distinct group of atoms bonded by strong covalent bonds. Molecules such as hydrogen, water and ammonia have a simple molecular structure. These molecules have weak intermolecular forces between them which need little energy to break slash overcome. Therefore simple molecular substances have low melting and boiling points. When simple molecular substances melt or boil, it is the weak intermolecular forces between the molecules which break, not the strong covalent bonds between the atoms. A molecule is a distinct group of atoms bonded by covalent bonds. Molecules have a simple molecular structure. Covalent bonds are strong because there is a strong electrostatic force of attraction between the positive protons in the nucleus and the shared pair of negative electrons, which requires a lot of energy to break. These strong covalent bonds keep the shared electrons in place, so there are no free electrons or ions to move. If there are no free electrons or ions to move, there can be no flow of electric current. A covalent bond is the shared pair of electrons between non-metal atoms to form a molecule. A molecule is a distinct group of atoms bonded by covalent bonds. There are weak forces of attraction called intermolecular forces between molecules. Covalent bonds need more energy to break than compared to intermolecular forces because they are stronger. A molecule is a distinct group of atoms bonded by strong covalent bonds. Molecules such as hydrogen, water and ammonia have a simple molecular structure. 
These molecules have weak intermolecular forces between them which need little energy to break slash overcome, so their melting and boiling points are low. Larger molecules have more intermolecular forces between them, so more energy is needed to break these, so the melting and boiling points of larger molecules is higher. For example, bromine is a larger molecule than chlorine so has more intermolecular forces between their molecules. Therefore more energy is needed to break the intermolecular forces between bromine, so it is a liquid at room temperature. GCSE Chemistry Audio, Metallic Bonding by KScience.com Metals are found to the left of the stepped line in the periodic table. Metals have one, two or three electrons in their outer shell. Metals have a giant metallic lattice structure as they consist of positive metal ions held in a fixed position with a sea of delocalized electrons that move randomly throughout the metal. These delocalized electrons have temporarily left the outer shell where they move throughout the metal. There is a strong electrostatic force of attraction between the protons in the nucleus and the negative delocalized electrons. This electrostatic force keeps the positive metal ions in a fixed position and is very strong. Metals have a neutral charge because the atoms have an equal number of protons and electrons. Metals have a giant metallic lattice structure as they consist of positive metal ions held in a fixed position with a sea of delocalized electrons that move randomly throughout the metal. These delocalized electrons have temporarily left the outer shell where they move throughout the metal. Metals can conduct electricity because they have delocalized electrons which are free to move throughout the metal. Electrons normally move randomly in all directions, however if a potential difference is applied the electrons will flow from the positive terminal to the negative terminal in one direction, transferring energy. An electric current is created which is the flow of electrons per second. Metals have a giant metallic lattice structure as they consist of positive metal ions held in a fixed position with a sea of delocalized electrons that move randomly throughout the metal. These delocalized electrons have temporarily left the outer shell where they move throughout the metal. Metals can conduct electricity because they have delocalized electrons which are free to move throughout the metal. The more delocalized electrons a metal has, the more energy can be transferred so the higher the electrical conductivity. Metals have a giant metallic lattice structure as they consist of positive metal ions held in a fixed position with a sea of delocalized electrons that move randomly throughout the metal. There is a strong electrostatic force of attraction between the protons in the nucleus and the negative delocalized electrons. This electrostatic force keeps the positive metal ions in a fixed position and is very strong. A lot of energy is needed to break the strong electrostatic force of attraction, so metals have high melting and boiling points. Pure metals are soft. The metal atoms are in layers which can easily slide over each other as they are in a regular arrangement. Alloys are harder and stronger than pure metals because they have atoms of different sizes. The different size atoms distort the layers of atoms, so a greater force is needed for the layers to slide over each other. GCSE Chemistry Audio, Allotropes of Carbon by KScience.com Both diamond and silicon dioxide have a giant covalent structure which is a very large 3D network of atoms held together by strong covalent bonds. Diamond has a giant covalent structure with strong covalent bonds between the atoms which need a lot of energy to break. 
Diamond is very hard as each carbon atom is held in a rigid tetrahedral arrangement by strong covalent bonds where each carbon atom has four covalent bonds. Diamond cannot conduct electricity as has no delocalized electrons or ions which are free to move. Graphite has a giant covalent structure which is a very large 3D network of carbon atoms held together by strong covalent bonds. In graphite there are three covalent bonds for each carbon. Graphite has a layered structure where each atom has three covalent bonds and the atoms are arranged in hexagons. The layers are able to slide over each other as there are only weak intermolecular forces between the layers so graphite is very soft. Graphite has delocalized electrons between the layers that can move through the graphite carrying an electric current. In graphite there are three covalent bonds for each carbon and in diamond there are four covalent bonds for each carbon atom. Graphite has a layered structure which are able to slide over each other as there are only weak intermolecular forces between the layers so graphite is very soft. Diamond is very hard due to its rigid network of carbon atoms held together by strong covalent bonds. Graphite has delocalized electrons between the layers that can move through the graphite carrying an electric current whereas diamond has no delocalized electrons or ions which are free to move. Graphene is a single layer of graphite made of hexagonal rings of carbon. Graphene is one carbon atom thick. Graphene is composed of carbon atoms held together by strong covalent bonds. Graphene is a sheet of graphite where each carbon atom has three covalent bonds so there is one delocalized electron per carbon atom which are free to move through the structure carrying an electric current. Fullerenes are hollow spherical molecules made of carbon atoms held together by strong covalent bonds. Cylindrical fullerenes are very thin cylinders in which their length is much higher than their diameter. Fullerenes have three covalent bonds per carbon atom, which means there is one delocalized electron per carbon atom. Fullerenes can conduct electricity. Fullerenes are small and hollow so can deliver drugs or radioactive atoms to get rid of cancer at exact points in the body. GCSE Chemistry Audio, Groups 1, 7 and 0 by kscience.com Group 1 metals are known as alkali metals. They have metallic bonding and easily react with non-metals forming ionic compounds, which have ionic bonding. Group 1 metals are malleable and are good conductors of heat and electricity. They are also soft, have low densities and have relatively lower melting and boiling points compared to other metals. Group 1 metals are known as the alkali metals. They have one electron in their outer shell so are unstable as they do not have a full outer shell of electrons. Group 1 metals will lose one electron to have a full outer shell, forming one plus cations. To explain reactivity increasing down group 1, you need to know the outer electron is attracted to the positive protons in the nucleus. Going down group, the atoms become larger and the outer electron is further away from nucleus. This causes the force of attraction between the outer electron and nucleus to be weaker, therefore it becomes easier to lose the outer electron, so that reactivity increases going down the group. For example, lithium has a smaller atom than potassium, so the outer electron of lithium is closer to the nucleus. Lithium has a stronger force of attraction between the outer electron and the nucleus. It is harder for lithium to lose the outer electron so is less reactive than potassium. 
The name of the reaction when a substance reacts with oxygen is called oxidation. When a metal reacts with oxygen, a metal oxide is formed. Group 1 metals are very reactive, so they quickly react in oxygen causing the outer layer to be tarnished gray-slash-black-slash-dull. The alkali metal forms an outer layer of metal oxide. Alkali metals react vigorously when heated in pure oxygen. They glow brightly and the reactions become more vigorous going down the group. Metal chlorides are formed when metals react with chlorine. If group 1 metals are heated and then react with chlorine, they glow brightly and form a white metal chloride salt. The reactions are very vigorous and become more vigorous going down the group. Group 1 metals reactions with water are very vigorous as group 1 metals are very reactive. Any fizzing is due to hydrogen gas being given off. They all form metal hydroxides which form alkaline aqueous solutions. These hydroxide solutions cause universal indicator paper to turn purple. Lithium metal moves quickly across the surface, sodium metal also melts into a ball, and potassium burns with a lilac flame due to the hydrogen gas igniting. Group 7 elements are known as halogens. They are in group 7 so have 7 electrons in their outer shell. Halogens can form diatomic molecules which are two atoms covalently bonded together. When halogens are diatomic molecules, they have relatively low melting and boiling points, are poor conductors of heat and electricity and can be solid, liquid or gas at room temperature. Both melting and boiling points, as well as density, increase going down the group. Hydrogen halides are formed when hydrogen reacts with a halogen. The covalent bonds between the atoms in the reactants break and new molecules are formed. When hydrogen reacts with fluorine, hydrogen fluoride gas is formed. When hydrogen reacts with chlorine, hydrogen chloride gas is formed. When hydrogen reacts with bromine, hydrogen bromide is formed. An acid is made when the hydrogen halide dissolves in the water and the molecule breaks slash dissociates into the ions, H plus and a halide anion. It is the H plus ion which makes the solution acidic. Hydrogen fluoride forms hydrofluoric acid. Hydrogen chloride forms hydrochloric acid. Hydrogen bromide forms hydrobromic acid. Group 7 elements are known as halogens. They are in group 7 so have 7 electrons in their outer shell. They share their outer electron with another atom of the same element to achieve a full outer shell. Halogens can form diatomic molecules which are two atoms covalently bonded together. The covalent bonds between the atoms are strong, and there are weak intermolecular forces between the molecules. The more reactive halogen will displace a less reactive halogen from the salt. The halogen is dissolved in water where chlorine is pale green, bromine is yellow, and iodine is dark red-brown. The halide salt solution is always colorless. The less reactive halogen left in the solution controls the color. The outer electron is attracted to the positive protons in the nucleus. Going down group 7, the atoms become larger and the outer electrons are further away from nucleus. This causes the force of attraction between the outer electrons and nucleus to be weaker, Therefore it becomes harder to gain an electron, so that reactivity decreases going down the group. For example, fluorine has a smaller atom than iodine, 
so the outer electrons of fluorine are closer to the nucleus. Fluorine has a stronger force of attraction between the outer electrons and the nucleus. It is easier for fluorine to gain an electron so is more reactive than iodine. The chemical properties are controlled by how many electrons are in the outer shell of an atom. Group 0 elements have a full outer shell of electrons that are stable and are unreactive, inert. They do not need to transfer or share any electrons to be stable. Group 0 elements exist as single-slash-individual atoms which can be found in the atmosphere. Their physical properties are they are colorless gases at room temperature as have low melting and boiling points. They are poor conductors of heat and electricity. Helium has the lowest density and is less dense than air. Density increases down the group as the size of the atom increases, and argon is denser than air. Helium is used in balloons such as party balloons and balloon aircraft. Helium is less dense than air so causes the balloon to rise. Helium is inert so is non-flammable and will not set on fire. Neon is used for illuminated signs. When electricity is passed through, a bright red-orange light is emitted. Argon is used to preserve wine. Argon is denser than air, so when it is placed into the top of a wine barrel, the air is removed, and the unreactive argon takes its place. There is now no oxygen to not react with the wine to make it go sour. Krypton is used for bright light for photography. When electricity is passed through, a bright light is emitted. GCSE Chemistry Audio, Rates of Reaction by kscience.com Rate of reaction is the speed at which a chemical reaction takes place. The rate of reaction can be measured by how fast or slow the reactants are used up or the products are formed. The steepest part of the graph is the fastest rate of reaction and is normally at the beginning. The reaction begins to slow until the curve is flat which means the reaction has stopped. A topon balance is used to measure the mass of the reactants decreasing. The mass decreases as the carbon dioxide gas escapes through the wool. The wool is used to stop the acid spraying. The more carbon dioxide gas produced in a given time, the faster the rate of reaction. This is the steepest part of the graph. Mean rate of reaction equals mass of reactant used up divided by time. The reaction is complete when no more gas is produced, and this is evident on the graph where it is flat. A gas syringe is the most effective piece of apparatus to measure the volume of gas produced. An inverted measuring cylinder can also be used. The more hydrogen gas produced in a given time, the faster the rate of reaction. This is the steepest part of the graph. Mean rate of reaction equals mass of product produced divided by time. The reaction is complete when no more gas is produced, and this is evident on the graph where it is flat. A precipitate is an insoluble solid which causes solutions to become cloudy. Too much precipitate does not allow any light to be transferred through the solution. A black cross can be placed under the conical flask and it can be timed to see how long it takes to disappear. The faster the cross disappears, the faster the rate of reaction. A light sensor is more accurate than using your eyes to judge. Concentration is how much dissolved solute there is in a given volume of a solvent. The more particles there are, the higher the concentration. As the number of particles increases, the frequency of collisions increases.
This increases the chance of successful collisions, therefore increasing the rate of reaction. The rate of reaction always slows down as the reaction progresses. This is due to the reacting particles getting used up, decreasing the frequency of collisions, decreasing the chance of successful collisions as the reaction continues. The more gas particles there are, the higher the pressure. As the number of particles increases, the frequency of collisions increases. This increases the chance of successful collisions, therefore increasing the rate of reaction. The rate of reaction always slows down as the reaction progresses. This is due to the reacting particles getting used up, decreasing the frequency of collisions, decreasing the chance of successful collisions as the reaction continues. The higher the temperature the more energy the particles store. This causes the particles to move faster, which increases the frequency of collisions. A higher percentage of particles have more energy than the activation energy. This increases the chance of successful collisions, increasing the rate of reaction. The smaller the reactants, the larger the surface area or surface area volume ratio. This causes there to be more points of contact between the reactants due to the particles being more exposed, so they have a higher frequency of collisions which increases the chance of successful collisions. The higher the temperature the more energy the particles store. This causes the particles to move faster, which increases the frequency of collisions. A higher percentage of particles have more energy than the activation energy. This increases the chance of successful collisions, increasing the rate of reaction. The rate is fastest at the beginning when there are the most reacting particles. As the reaction continues, there are fewer reacting particles so the rate decreases. The reaction has stopped when no more products are being formed. The smaller the reactants, the larger the surface area or surface area volume ratio. This causes there to be more points of contact between the reactants due to the particles being more exposed, so they have a higher frequency of collisions which increases the chance of successful collisions. The smaller the reactants, the larger the surface area or surface area volume ratio. This causes there to be more points of contact between the reactants due to the particles being more exposed, so they have a higher frequency of collisions which increases the chance of successful collisions. The larger the chips, the lower the surface area so the lower the rate of reaction. The smaller the chips, the higher the surface area so the higher the rate of reaction. Catalysts are chemical substances which speed up chemical reactions without being affected or used up. Catalysts lower the activation energy of the reacting particles by providing an alternative reaction pathway. Catalysts cause a higher percentage of particles to have more energy than the activation energy, increasing the chance of more successful collisions. Catalysts do not affect the volume or mass of product formed. Catalysts do not increase the frequency of collisions and they do not give the reacting particles more energy. Catalysts are chemical substances which speed up chemical reactions without getting used up or affected during the reaction. Platinum and palladium are two transition metals used in catalytic converters. A honeycomb structure is coated in platinum and palladium. The honeycomb structure increases the surface area to volume ratio, increasing the rate at which the harmful gases carbon monoxide, nitrous oxide and methane are converted into carbon dioxide, nitrogen and water. GCSE Chemistry Audio Exothermic and Endothermic Reactions by kscience.com
in an exothermic reaction the temperature of the surroundings increases. This is due to a lot of energy being released into the surroundings. Examples of exothermic reactions are combustion and neutralization. In an endothermic reaction the temperature of the surroundings decreases. This is due to a lot of energy being taken in from the surroundings. Examples of endothermic reactions are thermal decomposition and photosynthesis. A reaction profile can be used to describe if a reaction or process is exothermic or endothermic. The energy is stored in the bonds of the reactants and products. The energy in the reactants and products changes during the reaction. Both types of reactions have an activation energy that needs to be met to start the reaction, however endothermic reactions have much bigger activation energies as more energy is needed to start the reactions. Exothermic reactions have negative overall energy changes, whereas endothermic reactions have positive overall energy changes. An exothermic reaction is when more energy is given out when making bonds compared to the energy that is taken in when breaking bonds. An endothermic reaction is when more energy is taken in when breaking bonds compared to the energy that is given out when making bonds. When investigating energy changes, use a thermometer to measure the starting and final temperature and calculate the difference. If the temperature increases, it is exothermic. If the temperature decreases, it is endothermic. The polystyrene cup provides insulation which decreases the rate at which energy is transferred into and out of the reacting mixture. Aca content. Oxidation of iron forms hydrated iron, 3, oxide in an exothermic reaction. The crystallization of sodium ethanoid is started by pressing a small metal disc. This is an exothermic process. Place the solid pack in boiling water to re-dissolve the sodium ethanoate crystals. In a self-heating can a button is pressed in the base of the can, which mixes the calcium oxide and water, starting the exothermic reaction which heats the contents of the can. In a cold pack, the ammonium nitrate dissolves in the water when mixed, absorbing energy from its surroundings, making the surroundings colder. GCSE Chemistry Audio Crude Oil and Hydrocarbons by kscience.com Crude oil and natural gas are formed from the ancient remains of ancient microscopic animals and plants. These ancient microscopic animals and plants died where they sank to the bottom of the ocean, were then buried under a lot of sediment. Heat and pressure over millions of years were needed to convert the ancient microscopic animals and plants into crude oil and natural gas. Crude oil and natural gas are finite resources as they are made very slowly over millions of years, and there is a very limited supply. Crude oil is a mixture of different hydrocarbons which are found deep underground. Crude oil is dark black, very viscous and is a liquid at room temperature. Crude oil is made of different hydrocarbons which are compounds containing hydrogen and carbon only. Strong covalent bonds hold the carbon and hydrogen atoms in place. There are weak intermolecular forces between the hydrocarbon molecules. Crude oil is a mixture of different hydrocarbons which are found deep underground. Hydrocarbons are compounds containing hydrogen and carbon only. Alkanes are hydrocarbons containing single covalent bonds between the carbon atoms. The first four alkanes are methane, ethane, propane and butane. 
Crude oil is a mixture of different hydrocarbons which are found deep underground. Crude oil is made of different hydrocarbons which are compounds containing hydrogen and carbon only. Crude oil is used for fuels and petrochemicals. A major greenhouse gas released into the atmosphere from the combustion of crude oil is carbon dioxide. Crude oil is non-renewable as it is being used up faster than it is being formed. This is because crude oil is a finite resource as it takes millions of years to form. Short-chained hydrocarbons have lower boiling points compared to long-chained hydrocarbons. The boiling point increases as the number of carbon atoms increases in hydrocarbons. Bigger molecules have more intermolecular forces between them, so more energy is required to break them, so the boiling point increases. A hydrocarbon is a compound containing hydrogen and carbon only. As the number of carbon atoms increases in hydrocarbons, the boiling point increases. As the number of carbon atoms increases in hydrocarbons, the viscosity increases. As the number of carbon atoms increases in hydrocarbons, the ease of ignition decreases. Gas is used A as a fuel for heating and cooking. Petrol is used for fuels for cars. Kerosene is used as fuels for aircraft slash heating. Diesel is used as fuel for large vehicles. Fuel oil is used as fuel for ships and power stations. Bitumen is used for surfacing roads and roofs. Fractional distillation can be used to separate crude oil based on the different boiling points of the fractions. Before the crude oil enters the fractionating column, it is heated and vaporized into a gas. The bitumen fraction does not evaporate and flows out the bottom of the fractionating column. The fractionating column is hottest at the bottom and coolest at the top. The gases rise up the fractionating column. The gases condense when they go below their boiling points. The larger molecules condense near the bottom as they have higher boiling points. The smaller molecules condense near the top as they have lower boiling points. Crude oil is a mixture of different hydrocarbons. A hydrocarbon is a compound containing hydrogen and carbon only. An alkane is a hydrocarbon with single covalent bonds between the carbon atoms. The first five alkanes are methane, ethane, propane, butane and pentane. The alkanes are a homologous series as they have the same general formula of CNH2N plus 2, their molecular formulae differ by CH2, and they all have similar chemical properties. Combustion is another word for burning. Combustion is when a fuel reacts with oxygen to produce carbon dioxide and water, releasing excess heat energy into the surroundings. Therefore combustion is an exothermic reaction. Three requirements for combustion are a fuel, oxygen and heat to start the reaction. Combustion needs all three requirements to take place, without any of the three, it will not happen. Combustion is a chemical reaction because the bonds between the atoms in the reactants are broken which then form new products. Complete combustion is when a hydrocarbon burns in plenty of oxygen to produce carbon dioxide and water, giving out energy. To investigate the products of combustion, anhydrous copper sulfate is used to confirm the presence of water. The water causes white anhydrous copper sulfate to turn blue. Lime water is used to confirm the presence of carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide causes the colorless lime water to become cloudy slash milky white. 
Complete combustion is when a hydrocarbon burns in plenty of oxygen to produce carbon dioxide and water, giving out energy. Incomplete combustion is when a hydrocarbon burns in a limited supply of oxygen to produce water, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide and soot. Complete combustion burns with a blue flame and releases more energy than incomplete combustion. Incomplete combustion burns with a smoky orange flame. The orange flame on a Bunsen burner is the safety flame. Incomplete combustion is when a hydrocarbon burns in a limited supply of oxygen to produce water, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide and soot. Carbon monoxide is a colorless, odorless and toxic slash poisonous gas. Carbon monoxide can suffocate or kill you, as the carbon monoxide combines with the hemoglobin in your red blood cells, so less or no oxygen is transported in the blood. When soot is inhaled it damages the lungs leading to breathing problems. Soot also darkens buildings and objects and can block pipes. Cracking is the breaking of covalent bonds in a long-chain hydrocarbon into a shorter alkane and a small alkene. Cracking is carried out because there is a low supply of petrol, kerosene and diesel oil, however there is a high demand for these shorter-chained hydrocarbons. Whereas there is a large supply of long-chained hydrocarbons, which have a low supply. Therefore cracking changes longer hydrocarbons into shorter hydrocarbons to meet the demands. Cracking is the breaking of covalent bonds in a long-chain hydrocarbon into a shorter alkane and a small alkene. Catalytic cracking uses a powdered aluminium oxide catalyst at 650 degrees Celsius to break down long-chain hydrocarbons into shorter-chain alkanes and alkenes. Steam cracking takes place at 400 degrees Celsius using steam which breaks down long-chain hydrocarbons into shorter-chain alkanes and alkenes. Crude oil is a mixture of different length hydrocarbons. The different fractions in crude oil are found in unequal proportions. Demand means how much people want to buy and use something. The higher demand, the more something is needed. There is not a big enough supply of the fractions which have the highest demand, such as petrol. Whereas the fractions with the lowest demand have a greater supply, such as bitumen. Gas is used A as a fuel for heating and cooking. Petrol is used for fuels for cars. Kerosene is used as fuels for aircraft slash heating. Diesel is used as fuel for large vehicles. Fuel oil is used as fuel for ships and power stations. Bitumen is used for surfacing roads and roofs. Petrol is a liquid at room temperature so easy to store as it takes the shape of the container. Petrol is easy to ignite and releases a lot of energy to make the car move. Combustion of petrol releases carbon dioxide, which is a greenhouse gas. The releases of carbon dioxide contributes to global warming. Hydrogen is a gas at room temperature, so it is difficult to store. But it can be compressed and or cooled until a liquid, so it is easy to store. Hydrogen is easy to ignite and releases a lot of energy to make the car move. Combustion of hydrogen only produces water and does not release carbon dioxide, so does not contribute to global warming. GCSE Chemistry Audio, Earth's Atmosphere by kscience.com Earth formed 4.5 billion years ago. There was a lot of volcanic activity which meant the Earth was very hot, above 100 degrees Celsius. 
the volcanic activity released large amounts of carbon dioxide, water vapor and then small amounts of methane, nitrogen and ammonia. There was no oxygen. Earth formed 4.5 billion years ago. There was a lot of volcanic activity which meant the Earth was very hot, above 100 degrees Celsius. The volcanic activity released large amounts of carbon dioxide, water vapor and then small amounts of methane, nitrogen and ammonia. There was no oxygen. Scientists study rocky planets with lots of volcanic activity, such as Venus and Mars, showing they have lots of carbon dioxide and water vapor in their atmospheres too. They use this as evidence to conclude Earth's early atmosphere must have been like this as well. 4.5 billion years ago volcanic activity released a lot of heat energy which heated up the atmosphere, causing the temperature of the atmosphere to be above 100 degrees Celsius so the water vapor could not condense into a liquid and stayed in the atmosphere. However, 500 million years later the Earth cooled due to less volcanic activity. Water vapor condensed into clouds and then rained forming oceans. Earth's early atmosphere was mainly made up of carbon dioxide and water vapor. When the Earth cooled, the water vapor condensed into clouds and then rained, forming oceans. Carbon dioxide is soluble in water so some of the carbon dioxide dissolved in the oceans, decreasing the levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. This made the oceans weakly acidic, causing minerals to react, forming carbonate compounds. This ended up making sedimentary rocks such as limestone. Both cyanobacteria in stromatolites and algae on the surface of the water photosynthesized, taking in carbon dioxide and releasing oxygen, decreasing levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Fossil fuels also formed which stored carbon underground. Land plants evolved 500 million years ago, causing a lot of photosynthesis to take place dramatically decreasing carbon dioxide levels and increasing oxygen levels. Oceans formed when the Earth cools due to less volcanic activity. Water vapor condensed into clouds and then rained forming oceans. Carbon dioxide is very soluble, so it dissolved in the oceans. This decreased the levels of carbon dioxide in the Earth's atmosphere. The dissolved carbon dioxide caused the ocean to become weakly acidic. The weakly acidic water reacted with minerals forming carbonate compounds. Sea creatures used these carbonate compounds to make shells. Over millions of years, the carbonate compounds and shells formed limestone rocks. The limestone rock stores the carbon dioxide within the carbonate compounds. Photosynthesis is a chemical reaction where carbon dioxide and water react using sunlight to produce glucose and oxygen. Photosynthesis decreases carbon dioxide levels and increases oxygen levels in the Earth's atmosphere. Cyanobacteria are believed to be the first microorganisms to photosynthesize 3.8 billion years ago. Cyanobacteria lived in colonies where they released mucus as they lived. This would trap sediment, causing the cyanobacteria to move upwards to reach the light to be able to photosynthesize. Algae appeared roughly 2 billion years ago and photosynthesized, where they decreased carbon dioxide levels and increased oxygen levels. It was the appearance of land plants 500 million years ago which made a massive difference to the atmosphere, drastically increasing oxygen levels and decreasing carbon dioxide levels. The higher levels of oxygen allowed complex life to evolve. 
Earth's early atmosphere was mainly made up of carbon dioxide and water vapor. When the Earth cooled, the water vapor condensed into clouds and then rained, forming oceans. Carbon dioxide is soluble in water so some of the carbon dioxide dissolved in the oceans, decreasing the levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. This made the oceans weakly acidic, causing minerals to react, forming carbonate compounds. This ended up making sedimentary rocks such as limestone. Both cyanobacteria in stromatolites and algae on the surface of the water photosynthesized, taking in carbon dioxide and releasing oxygen, decreasing levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Fossil fuels also formed which stored carbon underground. Land plants evolved 500 million years ago, causing a lot of photosynthesis to take place, dramatically decreasing carbon dioxide levels and increasing oxygen levels. Crude oil and natural gas are formed from the ancient remains of ancient microscopic animals and plants. Some of these microorganisms were photosynthetic, converting carbon dioxide and water into glucose and oxygen. These ancient microscopic animals and plants died where they sank to the bottom of the ocean, were then buried under a lot of sediment. Heat and pressure over millions of years were needed to convert the ancient microscopic animals and plants into crude oil and natural gas. Crude oil and natural gas store the carbon from the carbon dioxide in the glucose, decreasing the levels of carbon dioxide in the Earth's atmosphere. Carbon dioxide, methane and water vapor are all greenhouse gases. The sun's short wavelength radiation heats the surface of Earth. Greenhouse gases absorb longer wavelength infrared radiation radiated from Earth. The greenhouse gas molecules vibrate more, causing the heat to be trapped in the atmosphere causing the temperature to increase. The greenhouse effect is how greenhouse gases absorb infrared radiation and trap the energy in the atmosphere. Global warming is a gradual increase in the average global temperature due to an increase in above normal amount of greenhouse gases. Carbon dioxide levels increase in the atmosphere due to combustion of fossil fuels, respiration and deforestation. Methane levels increase in the atmosphere due to landfill sites, grazing cattle, swamps and rice fields. Deforestation causes less photosynthesis, so carbon dioxide increases in the atmosphere. There are high levels of carbon dioxide which has happened at the same time as the temperature of the Earth's surface has increased, potentially linked to human activity. There may be other factors for the reason of the temperature increase and a correlation does not prove it is causal. There may be other factors for the temperature increase and a correlation does not prove it is causal, so cores of ice are drilled from ice sheets to measure the concentration of gases. Ice cores drilled in ice sheets in Antarctica containing gases of the atmosphere from the past. Ice cores give data going back 800,000 years. Carbon dioxide levels are at their highest level at any time in the last 440,000 years. Global warming causes melting of ice caps and expansion of oceans which can lead to flooding, increased coastal erosion and some islands may even disappear. There is more frequent extreme weather as weather patterns change, so it becomes more difficult to keep up with food production. Ecosystem distribution may change due to changing climate patterns. This can cause wildlife to become extinct. Some animals may move to find new ecosystems to live in. 
Carbon footprint is how much carbon dioxide is released into the atmosphere by a person, company and or community. Methane levels could be reduced if there was less demand for beef and if more people were on a plant-based diet. Reforestation can help as trees absorb carbon dioxide and release oxygen, decreasing carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere. Acid rain forms when sulfur dioxide, carbon dioxide and nitrous oxides dissolve in the clouds, so the rain that falls has a pH of below 5.2. Acid rain damages trees, kills animal and plant life in lakes, and reacts with limestone and metal structures on buildings. Nitrous oxides are toxic so can trigger some people's asthma and can contribute to acid rain. Nitrous oxides are toxic so can trigger some people's asthma and can contribute to acid rain. Particulates travel up into the upper atmosphere, causing sunlight to be reflected into space, leading to global dimming. Particulates can damage the cells in your lungs, potentially leading to cancer.